Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Welcome back. This is My Money and Me and I'm Sumitra Naidu. And we continue now with our weekly feature, Money Lessons. And tonight we are featuring Amanda Dambuza. And she is the CEO of Uyandiswa Project Management Services. She has worked her way up in the world of business from working on jobs at university to owning her own company. And of course, you know, she has a brilliant CV. She was, uh, you know, apart from being the chief executive, uh, chief executive of Uyandiswa, which she started six and a half years ago. She's also uh, the founder and director of Leadership Development Strategies, a company founded in 2016 with the purpose of mentoring, coaching and identifying talent and team development. She was also recently on the financial, uh, the financial services director of the JSC-listed software organization, Adapt IT. And she is my guest on My Money and Me this evening. Amanda, thank you so much for your time this evening. Oh, it's my great pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, you have. A I s- love talking money. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good thing because we want to know about all, all about your money this evening. <laughs> Gosh, I, thought, I thought nobody would ever ask. <laughs> No, 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 Dish. We all want to know about money at this stage. I mean, it's, yes, yes. it's uh, we need it right now. But Amanda, let's, I mean, you have such a sterling CV. You've done amazing things over the years. But take us through, you know, a bit of background about where you started and how you grew up and how money shaped your life. I I actually, I mean, thank you so much for having me on, on your show. Um, and good evening to, to the listeners. I had a... I had a really tough upbringing. I I had a dad who didn't want anything to do with me, whom I've never met. I had a mom who was 27 years old when she had me and decided that, you know what, uh, she had better things to do with her life. So I grew up with an extended family. And um, whilst I had a roof over my head, I didn't have the the love, nurture, and protection that, you know, uh, children uh, need. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember when I was eventually introduced to my mother when I was about six or seven. um, And and the years that, uh, you know, followed, um, the, the, the explanation was that, she had come to Joburg to find work and make money. So for me, that that relationship with money and the connection with money started back then where it was really a negative thing for me because it was the reason why my mother abandoned me. So so my relationship with money was always very strange right from, from the beginning. But I had to, you know, grow up and, and learn to deal with that and teach myself because these are not lessons that you're taught, at, uh, you know, in, in black families specifically that I, mm-hmm. and I, I won't speak for all black families, but I'll speak for mine and say, and, and probably many others where uh, money is not a topic, money is taboo, you cannot talk about money, you cannot talk about the lack of, actually I think you are more encouraged to talk about the lack of than you are encouraged mm-hmm. to talk about, you know, having abundance. So, so we, 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 we are brought up and we grow up with this poverty mentality, even when you actually have no need for it. Um, and, and yeah, so I mean, my, my life was really about bootstrapping myself and, and building myself up, getting myself through university and eventually understanding that only I am in charge of my life and only I'm in charge of my destiny. And it was only going to boil down to 
hadn't been able to live the life that I wanted. That's, you know, it's, it's tough. And, you know, one needs to get their head around that. I mean, I'm wondering... Yeah. I mean, getting through all of that, having to, I mean, you know, I can, you, it's painful. It's really, really painful to be abandoned in that way. But I'm yeah. wondering where, I mean, how did you get yourself through that? How did you find the inspiration, the motivation to actually survive? Because it sounds like you're an absolute survivor. <laughs> I am. <laughs> if there were 10 levels of survivor, I am 11. <laughs> sure. I know, you know, you sometimes put yourself in survival mode. You will do whatever it takes to yeah. not be where you once were, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and I think, listen, at, in, in, at, at the core of it, when I was growing up, I, I first had to go down to basics. I, I I started doing all of the things that none of the children in the household I grew up in wanted to do. So mm. I had to make sure that I was a little indispensable. So when there was thunder, when there was lightning, I would be the one going out. And, you know, in rural areas, thunder and lightning is sure. not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be the one running out to fetch the millies. I was the one that was always working in the fields. I was feeding the pigs, the chickens before I went to school. So I always had that work ethic. And at the time, I mean, I didn't think in my head that it would translate to uh, work ethic in my adulthood and therefore, you know, being successful materially or making the money. Um, but mine was about really surviving my childhood. And it was harsh. It was rife with abuse. It was rife with, with um, you know, unkindness. It was rife with vile scripts. And, and imagine, you can imagine growing up in, in, in a household where you, your parents are not there, you don't mm. have the protection or the nurture. But of course, I had food in my tummy. I had a roof over my head, which is sometimes the thing that people argue the most. But the, the cost and the price was too high, you know. Um, and and, and but, but over over the years, I told myself that I would come out of that. I would grow older. I would be in charge of my, my own destiny at some point, you know, and, mm. and that came to me when I was about 21, 22, when, 21 when I graduated from, from university. But I mean, there's a whole lot in between from when I grew up in the trans guy to ending up in Joburg, living in shacks with my mother and, and my siblings and her husband and, you know, um, to standing at the corners of traffic lights, dishing out pamphlets just so I could get myself through university. So, so there's so much more to <laughs> to the story yeah. and just bootstrapping my life. But I always knew that I had to stay focused on what I felt was a desire, a fantasy, a dream, whatever you want to call it, or maybe a vision. Um, uh, to to just have a, a different life and own my destiny. It's um it's amazing because you know you've been through all of that, but it didn't make you hard. It made you wiser. I see you yeah. also, um, and you know you're giving back. I see you also won an award um for entrepreneurship, and the award yeah. was really. Um, around inspiring businesswomen who empower and support and encourage female creativity and leadership. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, so that was an amazing award that I won back in 2017, and it was actually part of a, a global platform, um, a, a champagne brand that I love the most. <laughs> mm. um, yes, it's a Verve Clicquot, right? It's a Verve Clicquot, and um, and you know I won the, the. They have two categories: it's corporate and entrepreneurship. I won the entrepreneurship, and then they select the overall winner from the two winners, and I won the overall thing. And 
So make sure I must tell you, I've got a vine named after me as well, Kiko in France. Really? But, but you know what was the most amazing thing is that the platform really recognizes women who are doing amazing things in their communities. It's not just about uh, uh, awarding mm-hmm. and celebrating women who are who are rising. It's women who are taking others along with them on the journey as they rise. And for me, that that is the one thing that felt like, wow, this is an incredible uh, affirmation of my work. And um, I am all about that constantly. And even now, as we speak, I incubate in my business a whole lot of uh, women-owned businesses, particularly, and mentor all kinds, women, men, women, numbers. You know, I'm very passionate about emancipating women because I think it is through, I really believe it is through economic freedom that we'll be able to achieve true uh, yeah. female emancipation or women in, in, in emancipation. And I so I really, I really care about, uh, about causes like that. The difference, the difference lies in what you said. It's, it's, it's about true empowerment and yeah. taking, taking other women up with you. And yeah. I think that is so important. It's not about just giving. It's about giving and doing and taking women. So often we forget about taking others up with us. And, you know, we fearful because we fought so hard to get to where we are. But we so fearful yeah. that some other woman is going to come and take it that we don't carry others with us. I really believe that the more I do for others, the more my own success is multiplied. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I really, I'm, I'm, I'm really a big believer in, in I cannot be successful if others around me are not successful. So so I take along and, and I help those that I really have seen that they, you know, they've, they've put skin in the game, they've, they've invested mm-hmm. in themselves, and, and all I do is just make them halfway and say, I'll open up my, my, my clients because I'm already present in multiple blue chief organizations. Yeah. You have got a great offering. I'm backing you as, a, as, a, as, a, as an entrepreneur. Like many others that me before. So it's opening up those doors for them. It's also uh, sharing with them some of the lessons that I have learned through entrepreneurship so that you know, whilst they have to learn their own, there's some that they can maybe be a little more aware of before they get into the lesson itself and that it will be less costly for them uh, uh, compared to maybe when I had the lesson. So so also, I mean, I already pay rent in my office. It's not going to change whether there's, there's more people in the mm. office or not. You know, so, so, and I have a lot of space. So... I'm like, why don't you come and, and use my space and use my infrastructure? I already pay for it anyway. Yes. So it might really help a business to really strive and uh, thrive. And, and I've had many successes over the years. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So <laughs> apart from Verve Clicquot, what yes. are the weaknesses? There must be something. What weakness? What are the weaknesses <laughs> when it comes to spending money? Oh, I mean, listen, there's, there's, there's many, we spend a lot on champagne, yes. <laughs> but uh, there, there's a whole lot of, of, of mistakes that many of us uh, maybe made when we, were, when we were starting out in life and many continue to make well into their adulthood. Yeah. Um, things like, you know, you know, we, we suffer from heavy black tax and mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's the price of success. You know, and, you know, I, I always talk to people about we need to liberate ourselves in whatever way we feel is, convey, is, 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 is applicable to our circumstances to not keep trapping ourselves in this guilt uh, yeah. because you are successful, therefore you must. 
Um, mm. and, and I think, you know, one of the things I did in my early years was getting myself into debt for other people, you know, for friends, for, for family, sure. especially family. And, and when you started seeing, when I started seeing what they were doing with the money that I had got myself in debt for, it wasn't for food. It was for things like a new couch oh. or clothing, you know, and, and, you know, money you haven't worked for is really mm. nice. Money you haven't worked for is the best. And I started thinking about, you know, how is it, how am I enabling a very dysfunctional relationship? And and that's that's one of the things we really have to you know talk to ourselves about, and also living from paycheck to paycheck, you know where where if you don't have that paycheck for the month, and and I think this is the reality of millions of people in this country, unfortunately, because of yeah. multiple legacies of of apartheid, of corruption, of you name it, and and maybe just you know other people just sitting back and wanting things to fall on their lap. So there's multiple reasons for it. And you just live from paycheck from that one paycheck to paycheck. So which means if you do not have or if you lose your job, you unfortunately are in a dire situation and you might have to rely on the state for that. And there's yeah. there's many, I mean, things like understanding, you know, you know, the true cost of a credit card. Yeah. The true cost of a credit card is very high interest. Okay, mm. and I mean I don't know what they charge these days, twenty three percent or something oh, like that, and that's an enormous amount yes. of money. But a lot of people, the truth of the matter is, cost of living is incredibly high. Salaries are not catching up or keeping up with with you know the cost of living, and people are, are resorting to to credit cards and personal loans to to finance even just their lifestyles. And that is really, really a, a, a very debilitating uh, uh, money mistake, um, you know, and, and not investing in, in, into your future. And I must be honest, Demetra, one of the things I did when I was, when I started working, I was work, I was earning 3,500 rand. I was just going to ask what you did with the first <laughs> paycheck. So was it, was it 3,500 rand? Yes, I earned. 3,500 rand in the year 2000 when I, after I graduated and I had my first job. But the one thing I did with that 3,500 rand was take out a retirement annuity. Wow, look and at you. <laughs> I, I've always had this, this idea that money was going to be, uh, was going to mean my freedom to some yeah, extent. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And having come from the childhood and the harsh childhood that I came from, I, I really always wanted to, to be independent. Mm. And for me, I felt that in the long run, you know, having a retirement annuity would be one of those things that in my, in my older age, I'm not dependent on anybody. So that was a good way of doing it. I wasn't earning much, but I started a, a retirement and having a retirement annuity. I was paying 350 rand mm. a month. And over the years, I mean, that's significantly grown. Um, and, and, you know, so, so it's, it's things like you really must be prepared in, in yeah. some shape or form when you start taking back your financial health and your financial freedom to lose friends, to lose family, because mm. when you start saying no, then you are no longer useful to them. It's a, it requires such discipline. And this is why I'm saying, look at you. I mean, at that age, <laughs> your first paycheck, I mean, it requires so much of discipline to actually say that. But I'm sure you understand the feeling as well, which you can share with our listeners, is that yeah. financial, 
preparing for yourself and taking care of yourself and knowing that you're moving in this direction of being financially independent and no one can stop you in that 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 feeling is absolutely incredible oh yeah absolutely and you can't take that away and i think a lot of people if they had to take in a survey what is the one thing they really would love to have the most they'll say financial freedom absolutely and and i i, I mean i i remember i was even from that 3,500, I stayed in a commune and I shared a room in a house mm-hmm. and I paid, I think it must have been like 500 rand or 600 rand. So I was still living within my means because I knew I couldn't afford yeah. an apartment by myself. But over, over the months that I was staying in a commune, I was saving every little bit I had uh, for, for, to buy my own apartment. And I bought my first apartment in the middle of Fenton when I was 23 years old. And, and, you know, from, from there on, I, I literally, from, I sold that and bought the next one when I was 26 years old and used the proceeds of that first one to finance my next one. But for me, it was always about the fact that I didn't have a plan B. I didn't have a backup. I couldn't, mm-hmm. I didn't have anyone I could go back to and say, I'm in trouble or I have nowhere to stay or I need money and they would bail me out. Yeah. I was the plan. And that plan had to work in some in some mm. shape or form. So, so I always had that that vision of of some kind of independence. But you know, Sumitra, one of the things I think people really neglect the most, uh, people are too afraid to 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 ask for discounts at like uh, uh, shops, big shops. Don't ask for discounts from small businesses. Okay. <laughs> they need to they need to call me up because me, I can know how to look for a bargain. Hey. Exactly, <laughs> people. But you know how ashamed people are of just. Asking for a discount and yeah. looking. I don't buy, I, I shop enough, but I don't buy anything that's not on sale. I will not, for the life of me, spend 47,000 rands on the dress, but I'll wait for it until it's 90% off. And there's you nothing know? wrong with that. There's no, I mean, geez, I'm, I'm quite happy with it. I like, save money and I look good. Here's another feeling that we share together. It's getting a discount, a good discount. That is an amazing feeling. Everyone laughs because they say Indians are always looking for a bargain, even on something discounted. But guys, once you get it, once you get that discount, it's amazing. Even if you got two ran off. Hey, I'm an Indian and I want your bargain, okay? I'm always looking for one. <laughs> and, and I think, though, that, that it's amazing how much money you can start to save. It's every little bit counts. Absolutely. It's the small things that add up, right? And it's and addictive. It's, you know, the saving becomes does. addictive. Now, I ask for discounts in places that my yeah. husband literally says, phone me when you're done. Ah, <laughs> you are now embarrassing me. I will you meet you in the car. <laughs> Amanda, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I'd love to talk to you a little bit more. Listen, I'm going to call once the lockdown is lifted because you and I need to have a glass of Verve Clicquot. Absolutely, with great pleasure. Amanda, thank so thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, that was Amanda Dambuza. She is the CEO of uh, Uyandiswa. It's a project management uh, consulting firm. And obviously, we were having a discussion about her money journey. Thank you, Afropolitans, for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back again next Tuesday at 8 o'clock. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM 95.9.
Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.